Hello and welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us for this lesson in our series, Who I Am, where we'll be studying the book of John and where we see that John is writing these things to everyone so they might believe and that in believing they might have life. In this awesome book where John presents the Messiah Jesus as God, we'll see lots of key truths and great application that we can apply to our own life. Well, thanks again for joining us. We hope that you enjoy this lesson. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We are not doing a special Easter lesson today, but we are doing a lesson over Jesus and Easter is about Jesus, right? So uh, we, in that way, we are. It is kind of cool though, because today we're we're starting the book of John, and in the first part of John, uh, John talks about who Jesus is. You know, that's why we're calling our series "Who I Am," uh, because of the whole book of John. John goes through. He obviously shows Jesus as God, but he he shows Jesus for who he is, and then says, "Hey, these things I've written to you, uh, you know, so you can look and you can see these signs and you can believe." And so today, we're going to see the very start of that in the first five verses of the book of John. Um, So if someone were to come to you guys, or someone were to go to someone else even, and they were to describe you, how would you think that they would describe you? Just think about it. You don't have to answer it. But how would they describe you? Would they describe you as like a person who is smart, or a person who is, you know, fun, or witty, or funny, or whatever? You know, I don't know. A very wise person. I don't know. How would they describe you? Think about that. Think about if someone was, say, someone who knew you well, not just somebody on the outside, but somebody who knew you well, how would they describe you? Okay? Because here, what John does is he describes Jesus before he even starts talking about Jesus. So he's going to describe Jesus. He's going to go in and show us, uh, this is what John, the Baptist, other John, <coughs> said about Jesus. Here's what Jesus did, and here's Jesus' death and resurrection ultimately. And so that's what he's going to do, and he starts out with, here he is. Here is Jesus. Okay, so let's read it. If you Hopefully you're already there in your Bibles. Um, we're just going to read the first five verses, and uh, then we'll pray and we'll get going. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overpower it. All right, let's pray. Dear God, we just come before You, and we thank You for this day that You've given to us. Um, We thank You for all that You do for us. We thank You that You not only died uh, to pay for sins, but You also rose again, conquering death, so we can live forever. Uh, We thank You that whoever believes in You can have eternal life by simply believing God. We thank You for this day where we still get to freely um, celebrate your resurrection and that you are alive. Uh, we love you, and we pray all this through Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so today we're going to look at seven things about Jesus. Okay, there's, uh, There could be more things in here. There's so much in this first five verses, but we're going to look at seven things about Jesus. And I think all seven are important for us to look at. And all seven, if you look at them, they're throughout the entire book of John. Okay, so... Like, we're going to look at these things and you're going to say, okay, here's one. Well, that one is found throughout the rest of the book of John. So these are all kind of themes. Some of them are bigger themes than others, but they're all kind of themes throughout John that we're going to look at. So um, as we go through it, uh, we're, going to, we're going to see all seven. Okay, And the first one is the Word. Okay, And 
All you guys probably already know this, but when John starts speaking here, uh, spoiler alert, the Word is Jesus, right? That's why it's capitalized. We see in verse uh, 14, he says, the Word became flesh. Excuse me. The Word became flesh. That's when Jesus became flesh. Uh, But even before he became flesh, he was, and we're going to talk about that. So Jesus is the Word, and the Word is the first one. What's up, guys? You can sit in a chair. Okay, all right, all right. Guys, Sky's back for the weekend. So everybody say, yeah, good round of applause there. All right, so this one is found in verse 1 when it says, In the beginning was the Word. So Jesus is the Word. Now, this there's several words for Word. I'm going to say words a lot in this next little while. But there's several words for Word in Greek. Okay, One of them is rhema, and that means like a specific word. Like um, the word photo is a rhema it's a word a specific word this word is the word logos the word is like a concept or an idea okay and so when we think about this we think of jesus as this idea or concept what is john talking about here he's not saying that jesus is an individual word so what is he saying i think that we can conclude that jesus several things from this jesus is the mouthpiece of god he's the word that uh reveals God's plan or that brings forth all of the... So he's not, he's not a prophet, okay? The Word didn't come through Jesus, right? Like a prophet. He is the Word. He's the fulfillment of every prophet. Like Genesis 3.15, right? God says that He's going to uh, have somebody who's going to crush the head of Satan. Jesus is that Word coming, uh, coming into action, okay? He is the Word. He's, the, um, uh, he's also the mouthpiece of... Mouse, man, I can't talk today. The mouthpiece of God because He delivers the message and the good news by who He is. So He is the Word of God, if that makes sense. And uh, it's powerful. We see this throughout the book, though, also. Um, if you look at like John 14.6, which all of you probably have memorized, one of the most famous uh, verses in the Bible. Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is the Word. All right? Jesus is the Word. He's the truth. Okay, and he's also life in the, and we'll see those other things as well. But he, uh, John starts out by calling him the Word. Okay, and so he says, in the beginning, okay, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so the second thing we're going to look at, there's a lot of things right in there. Okay, but he's this Word, and who else is he? Okay, he's also God. Okay, the Word is God. Okay, and this one's really important. Okay, I have this, uh, there's this little like story, or little like, it's not a fable, but it's just a little story, I guess. But um, this guy said this. He said, Once the devil was walking along with one of his cohorts, and they saw a man ahead of them pick up something shiny. What did he find? asked the cohort. A piece of truth, said the devil. Doesn't it bother you that he found a piece of truth? asked the cohort. No, said the devil. I will see to it that he makes a religion out of it. And the reason I share this with you is because um, as humans and as the world and the world system and culture, we take little parts of truth <coughs> And we twist them, or we take little truths and uh, neglect the rest of it. And there's even religions that come out of it. And there are a lot of religions, pretty much all the other religions, right, that may say a lot of good things about Christ. But one main thing that they don't say is that He is God. Okay, that He is God. There's a, so you take like the Jehovah Witness, for example. They retranslate this in their own Bibles to say something different so that it says, and the Word was a God, not the God. Okay? And there's a lot of, it's not just Jehovah's Witness, there's a lot of uh, religion that do this. They say, Jesus, well, He was a good man, He was this or that, but He is not God. 
Okay, he is not God. Now, this isn't taking the Greek correctly. Okay, it says that he is God. Um, another claim is that Jesus never actually claimed he was God. So how could he be God? I've heard that a lot, right? Which is completely untrue. Completely untrue. And the reason that people do this is they don't want to admit that Jesus is who he says he is. They don't want to admit that he's God. They don't want to admit that he can judge, right? And they don't want to admit the truth about those things. Because that means that we are sinners and we do need a Savior and a lot of things like that. And so the devil's really confused it. Uh, but here's some other places in John. And we're going to do this throughout. Where, where are some places that this theme comes up? Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of places where Jesus claims to be God, um, where it's said that He is God. And there's three things that I think about when, uh, when talking about Jesus as God. Okay, Because in the New Testament, you see that Jesus claims He's God, His disciples know He's God, and His enemies think He's God, or think He's claiming to be God anyway, because they want to kill Him for it. So literally everybody around him, his friends, his enemies, and himself, all think that he is God or is claiming to be God. So when someone says he didn't claim to be God, not true. right? Uh, even C.S. Lewis, he said uh, Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or he's God. right? Or he's, he's telling the truth. right? Because if he claimed to be God, he can't be just a good man or a prophet because he claimed to be God. So he has to either be God, a liar, or a lunatic. And so uh, there's a lot of these people that will say, He's not God, but you know he was a good man, or he was a prophet, and they can't say that. Okay, they want to say that because they see his life and they know history and they know the facts and that and, and he is a good man, right? But it's because he's God and he's perfect. Uh, but we can't say that because he's either God or he's crazy, right? And we know he is God. Okay, here's John five eighteen. It says, "So on account of these things, the Jews were seeking even more to kill him because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but he was also." Uh, calling God his own Father, thus making himself equal with God. So the Jews are trying to... They, they, he's talking about uh, Jesus' enemies, the Jews. Yeah, they're trying to kill him because he's claiming to be God. And yet some people say, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. Okay? Doesn't, doesn't even make sense. Here's the, here's the one I always went to, because when I was about you guys' age, I heard this. Jesus didn't claim to be God thing. And um, I think my, one of my spiritual gifts is teaching. And so the... Part of the negative, part of the positive of a teacher is like you have to dig everything out and you have to figure every single thing out. So, and for me, I take it to an extreme. So, like when I hear Jesus never claimed to be God, I have to really search it out and figure out did he actually claim to be God? And I have to like search and search. So, I went on this search to figure out if Jesus actually claimed to be God. This is the one of verses that I found that I love the most out of that. And it's uh, John 8 58 and 59. Jesus says then, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was. I am. That's ego e me for those of you who were here last week. <laughs> I am. Okay? And then they go on. They pick up stones to try and kill him, right? They pick up stones to try and kill him. Right before this, he, he talked about Abraham and how he saw Abraham and stuff. And they're like, how could you see Abraham? And we'll look at that verse later. Uh, but all this points to Jesus claims to be God, and he is God. And right at the beginning of the book, because uh, John, one of his main themes is to try and show us that Jesus is God. He says, In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, the Word is God, Jesus is God. Okay, and that's really important for all of us to remember. Today's Easter, right? Yes. yes. No. Okay, we got one no, several yeses. Okay, but today is Easter, even if some of you don't think it is. Okay, and Jesus rose from the dead. Okay. He died. He paid for our sins. He rose from the dead. If, if he, uh, if he wasn't God, how could he raise from the dead? Right. If he wasn't God, how could he conquer death? If he wasn't God, how could he live a perfect life? 
Okay, if he's not God, then none of this stuff makes sense. Right? And so he is God. Okay, another thing that goes right along with this, and this is the third thing, is he's eternal. He's eternal. Okay, or pre-existent, if you will. Okay, Jesus has always existed. He's always existed, which is really important because a lot of people say that he did not always exist. Okay, a lot of people will say he did not always exist. This again is in verse 1 and 2. And it, he actually says it three times. First he says that in the beginning was the Word. Okay, that's saying he's, he's etern- from eternity, right? Okay, but just to make sure you get it, John goes on and says, And the Word was with God. Okay, that's the second time. And the Word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. So John says it three times because it's really important. Okay, Jesus is uh, eternal. Okay, this fact is restated if you, if you well, I scroll. But if you flip down to verse 15, okay, this is John the Baptist, and this is really cool. But it says, John testified about him, Jesus, and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me, and it, it's, yours could say has a higher rank than me, or it could say uh, has come before me. Okay, the literal translation has, is has come before me. So that's how I'm going to read it. So he says, This one... Or this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has come before me because he existed before me. The reason they don't translate it that way is because it sounds, sounds kind of funny. But that's what, that's what he's saying. He was before me because he existed before me. Okay, now who is older, John the Baptist or Jesus? John the Baptist. John the Baptist is older, but Jesus was eternally older, right? Um, so John the Baptist was actually born before John. Who started their ministry first, John or Jesus? John. John did everything before Jesus. Yet John says, he was before me. Why? Because he existed before me. John knew that Jesus was eternal, even though Jesus was his cousin, which is pretty cool. Um, But John restates it there. Jesus is eternal. He's pre-existent. He did not become. He was revealed. He became flesh. He became one of us. But he was always was. He's always existed, and that's a very important thing to remember. He didn't come to. Uh, he didn't come into being at the immaculate conception. Like Mary didn't give birth to Jesus, and then yes, here he is. He was always there before, right? He just came into the earth that way. He just came into flesh that way. That's an important thing to remember because again, a lot of people um, will say uh, that Jesus is not God. He came into being. He got here when Mary had him. Things like that. Those, that's, these are a lot of um, cults and a lot of false teachings that are out there and that we're going to run into. Okay, So we need to know that these things aren't true. Know the Bible backs them up. Um, and there, another one that goes along with it, Okay, and we're going to talk about this one just a little bit more than the last one, but he is the creator. Okay, The creator. This one's huge. If you guys want to write down a reference that goes along with this, you can go look it up later. Colossians 1. Specifically, I think 15 through about 17 or 20. Uh, but Colossians 1 is a great one for this. <clears throat> and a great one that proves that He is God as well. Uh, but have you guys ever, like, created anything? Have any of you guys ever, like, created anything you're proud of? Yeah? I mean, most of us. Now, I'm not like an artist, okay? Most of you know that by just seeing the whiteboard every week. But I'm not an artist. Uh, I'm not really a creator or creative type, really, but I am a builder. I like building things because I like seeing things done. So I like building things and then seeing that they're completed. Uh, and last year, okay, last year I was putting together this window. I was actually taking a window out and putting it back in. Here's the, <clears throat> the left one is when I was taking it out, 
the right one is when it was put in. And I've done a, I've done other windows or at least one since then. Uh, and the one since I've done since then took me about a couple hours, maybe two, three hours. This one took me three days. Okay, it was rough. I was calling my brother, FaceTiming my brother, calling my grandpa like every couple hours. We had to put a big piece of wood up in the window for a couple of days because I, I couldn't figure it out. I actually, um, I bought the wrong window, okay? And I had to cut the window and I, I couldn't get it in from the outside. You're supposed to put windows in from the outside, okay? Push them in. I couldn't get it in from the outside, so I had to go inside and that picture on the right, you see all that mud and everything? I had to rip off the sheetrock, okay? Rip off the sheetrock, shove it in from the back so the wrong way, and then just use a lot of, you know, a lot of sealing and, and caulk and uh, insulation and stuff to just get, make it work. Finally, I did get it in, uh, and when I did, I was super proud of it. I loved it. I was like taking pictures of it and showing my dad and uh, everybody else, hey guys, look at this window that I finally got in. Even though it's a little crooked, you know, it's all right. I was still pretty proud of it. Um, uh, and some of us, we create things or we make things um, and we're, we're proud of them. We never create technically things because we don't create anything out of nothing, right? But we do build things, we make things. Uh, it's very important, I think, that we realize that Jesus is the creator for a lot of reasons. Okay? He is the creator of all things. Okay? He's the creator of all things. And just like I made that window, and you may not be able to tell, but I can tell because I know it, that the window is just a little bit crooked this way and this way. And uh, you may not be able to tell, but on the inside of that window, there's this trim that's not supposed to be there, that I had to like shove up against the window and then like put cock around it to make it look good. And you may not know these things about this window, but I do because I created it. Or I didn't create the window. I put the window in it. I'm giving myself a lot of credit here. I created this window. Uh, but Jesus, as a creator of all, he knows us. Okay, he knows us. And there's more, there's more important things than that too that go along with this. But John chapter 6 goes really well with Jesus as the creator. Okay, Jesus has a creator. John chapter 6 is where he feeds the 5,000. Okay, everybody know the story of him feeding the 5,000? He's up on the, you know, he's up on the hill or whatever, and all these people, they don't have food. You know, where's the, uh, where's the food? We have this fish and loaf, and then Jesus creates out of nothing, okay, something, right? He creates matter that's not there, right? Yeah, you guys understand that? Like, he creates matter that is not there. Like, there's not enough matter to split one, you know, five loaves into thousands and thousands of loaves. There's not enough matter, like if you're talking science. So he creates something there out of nothing. Uh, and then this is in uh, 6.11. He took the bread after he given thanks and he distributed those five loaves to those who were reclining, which were like 5,000 men, uh, and likewise also, also the fish, at fish as much as they wanted. So he created something out of nothing. This, I think this shows you as a creator physically, um, which is kind of cool. So I think it's a theme that runs through. Jesus also says, I'm the bread of life later on. I just thought this was a cool parallel because he just created bread and he said, I am the bread. And that's an ego in me statement again. But I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will never be hungry. Okay? And those who believe in me will never be thirsty again. So he claims to be the bread of life that satisfies and he creates bread out of nothing. He is the creator. Uh, the verses here in John, if we go back there, Look, let's look at it, okay? Because this is where he says he's a creator. This is in verse 3. It says, All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that is coming into being. Okay, this to me is crazy because most people don't think about Jesus as the creator, right? We think of God, the Father, as the creator 
of all things, yet Jesus, it says here, that not one thing came into being except through Jesus. I mean, Jesus is the creator of everything as well. Okay, in that perfect unity of the Trinity, but He is the perfect creator, which is really cool. Okay, many people say that uh, Jesus was a created or is a created being. There's actually some cults uh, that you wouldn't realize or like you wouldn't think they were that far off. But they say Jesus and the devil are brothers. God created them both. They're brothers. One fell and one didn't. Jesus didn't fall, but the devil did. And now there's this battle between Jesus. And they, so the, what are they doing by doing that? They're putting Jesus and the devil on an equal level, right? They're putting Jesus on the level with angels. That's what they're doing. They're lowering Jesus. Okay, Jesus is not on the level of angels. He's not on the level of mankind. Okay, he's not on any level like that. Jesus is master and creator of the devil and of angels and of us and of the world and of the universe. He's God. Okay, and this is why John starts out in verse 3 and says, nothing came into being except through him. He created all. Okay, and that's a really important thing to remember. Again, there's people out there, there's cults, there's false teachings out there that say this is not true. And a lot of these will say, even they'll kind of read the Bible and say the Bible is a part of their, what they believe in. But then, you know, they go straight against it, just like this. Okay? It's also important uh, that He's Creator, not only because of that, but because of what I said earlier, uh, just that He knows us, right? Uh, now, Jesus didn't create us with flaws, like I put in my window with flaws, okay? But we are flawed because we're people and because of sin. And Jesus knows that, and He knows every part of us like uh, no one else can, which is really comforting for all of us, or it should be. Because, you know, you guys may look at that window and say it's just a window. But I know that it's a lot of different things that I may not want to say because it's all crooked and messed up and all these things. I know exactly what that window is. And just like that, Jesus knows exactly each one of us. And even though, um, you know, Haley knows everything about me, and she knows so much about me, and she's my best friend, Jesus still knows me better than she does. And that should be comforting for all of us, right? That should be comforting for all of us, especially as we're looking at all these other things. That He is God and He's eternal and all these things like that. Alright, so that's number, what number was that? Number four? Alright, number five. This one is a huge theme throughout the entire book of John. He is a life. Okay, this is in verse four. Keep going through verse four. It says, In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. Remember last week we talked um, about the themes and we looked at some of the word, the key words. This one was one of the top two, right? It was the second one. Life. Jesus is life. And uh, John's writing this book to show us how to have life. Now the, the references in the book of John to life uh, are way too many for me to go through right here, but I put a couple of them up here for us to look at. John 14.4 I just put this one up because I love the woman at the well. I'm really excited to get to it because it's, it's just so cool. And then so we, I, all of you should try and learn as much Greek as you can because I started learning Greek and I saw some stuff in here that's like even better, like makes it even better. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But in verse 14, whoever drinks of this water which I give him will never be thirsty for eternity. But the water which I give to him will become in Him a well of water springing up into eternal life. He is the water of life, the life water. Okay, 
uh, we can have life through him, the water. This is the illustration that he's giving to the woman at the well because she's at the well, right? Jesus is a really good illustrator, by the way. He relates to people really well. He doesn't just get up and, and say the same thing to every single person, if you haven't noticed. He gets up and each individual person, he says what they need to hear to give them the best opportunity to trust in him for eternal life. So he gets to the woman at the well. There's water. There's a well. He starts saying things, and he leads her down this path to where she accepts him as a Messiah. It's really cool. Uh, John 14, 6, I don't have it up there, but you guys all know it. We already talked about it. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, he says it there. John 15, a little bit different here. He's not. He's talking to his disciples, the 12 around him. Talking more about uh, sanctification here, but he's still using an illustration of life, I think. I'm the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you're not able to do anything. The life goes through the vine, right? He's the life. He's the life, not only eternal life to all who uh, believe in Him, but He's also the life in our Christian lives. Life. Life in our Christian lives, okay? Where we can live through Him daily, okay? So He is the life in all aspects, okay? This is, again, kind of going back to this one thing, but Jesus did not receive life. Okay, he did not receive life. He did not come into being because God gave him life. He did not get life when Mary birthed him. That is not when Jesus got life because he is life. He's always lived. goes back to being eternal, but he is life. Okay, and that's what qualifies him to give us life. Okay, nothing can live without him. I think it's in Colossians 1.16, uh, In him all things hold together. I'm not 17. 16? One of those two. But anyway, you can read Colossians 1 and look at it. But uh, nothing can live without Him. Okay? He is the life giver. Okay? And He offers us eternal life, right? Why is He able to offer us eternal life? i got to throw Easter in, right? Because He died and He rose again, right? And He's able to offer us eternal life. Um, he offers us Himself. Okay? So, that's life. He is the life. Uh, and again, we're going to be talking a lot more about all these things throughout the entire book. The next one is the light. Okay, the light. Okay, now, how many of you guys have ever been stargazing? Okay, like three of you. That's good. Okay, the rest of you should go someday. Okay, but whenever you go stargazing, where's the best spot to go? Just for you guys. Where? Out in the country? No trees. Where there's no trees, right? Okay, if there's a canopy of trees, not great. Not great stargazing. Okay, it's usually out somewhere where it's really dark, right? Um, most of you guys have been out to our farm. That's the best place I've ever been for stargazing because uh, it's so dark out there. There's no light pollution. The darker it is, the better you can see the stars, right? The brighter you can see those little lights in the sky. Well, Jesus is a light in the dark world. Okay, look at verse 4. It says, In him was life, and that light was, or that life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. Okay, and that light shines in the darkness. The world is dark. Why is the world dark? Is he talking about like physical darkness here? <coughs> no. He's talking about spiritual darkness, right? So the, the world is dark because of sin. And I told you week one, he really likes to make these contrasts, really extreme contrasts, right? So the world is dark, but Jesus shines in the darkness because he is the life. He is the light. He is the gospel. He is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's, he is all these things. Everything revolves around Jesus, okay? Because He is Genesis 3.15. He is the blessing to all nations. He is the seed, okay? He is the one that um, came to the world, the light and the darkness, 
Okay, it's another big theme, and it's in a lot of places in the in the book of John. Uh, but light shows the way. So it could go with John 14, 6 again. He is the way, the truth, and life. The light shows the way. Here's some other passages, though. Uh, John 8, 12. Jesus spoke them again, saying, Ego e me, I am the light of the world. The one who follows after me uh, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 9, 7. And he said to them, uh, or to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent, so that he went and washed and came back seen. And the reason I put this one up there is because um, Jesus, this shows that Jesus gave physical light as well as spiritual light. Okay, He gives physical light, He gives spiritual light, He gives all light, but He gives this man physical light through sight. Right? I don't know a ton about like vision and eyes and stuff, but I'm pretty sure we need light to see. Right? And seeing is seeing light. Right? It's all, it has to do with light. And so when He makes this guy um, be able to see physically, He's giving him light. Okay, physical light. So he gives physical light. He gives spiritual light. Uh, John twelve thirty five, which we'll look at again in a minute. But it says, so Jesus said to them, yet a little time, the light is with you. Who's he talking about right there? This is Jesus talking. Who's he talking about when he says, yet a little time, uh, the light is himself. still with you? Himself. He's talking about himself. I am the light, right? So walk while you have the light, so that the darkness does not overtake you. And the one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. So walk in the light. While the light's still with you, I'm still with you. I am the light. That's what he's saying. So he says that he's the light. He gives physical light to the eye, light to the eyes of the blind man, and he gives spiritual light uh, to the world. Okay, so he is the light. Okay, and we'll, we'll continue talking about that. Okay, we got one more. We got one more. We got time for it. The conqueror. Okay. Now this is in verse five. Okay, and we're gonna talk about it just a little bit. Says the light shines or is shining in the darkness, and the darkness did not overpower it. Okay, some of your Bibles may say comprehend. I'm not sure, but it either will say uh, comprehend or overpower or overcome, overpower, something like that, or comprehend. Okay, now this word comprehend, okay, I know this doesn't mean anything to you, but it's this katala bin. Okay, now for those of you who like uh, languages like you know, like Jillian does. Okay, Kadalabin, it comes from Kadalabano. Okay, and it can mean to comprehend or to overcome. Okay, so when we're translating this, there's two things we need to do. The first thing we need to do is we need to look at immediate context. Okay, and we're looking, so look at your Bibles. Okay, in those first five verses, would it make more sense to say comprehend or overcome? Okay, and I might say, I think, overcome or overpower, because there are times in the Scripture where it says the darkness can't comprehend it. Okay, and that could definitely work here. Uh, but here he's talking about Jesus as God, as the creator, as the, uh, the light, the life. And so it would make sense if he said the darkness cannot overcome him. Okay? And so I think that's a good one. But we can also use Scripture to interpret Scripture. In, in chapter 12, which we just looked at, this word highlighted yellow here is the same highlighted word there. Okay? Same Greek. So he says, So Jesus said to them, Yellow wild lights with you. So walk in the light, or walk while you have light. So the darkness does not comprehend you. Would that work? It wouldn't work in the context of this one. It says overtake you, overpower, overcome. Okay, and so later on, John uses the exact same word to say overpower, which I think gives even a little more evidence to say that this would be overpower here, or overcome, or overtake. You know, that kind of a thing. Um, so you can you can do either one. You know, if you're looking at it and you're like, I don't know, I think it's comprehend. I mean, it could be. 
Okay, I don't, I don't know that much about it. So, uh, but it could be comprehend or overpower. I think overpower. I think the context of immediate context definitely suggests it. I think this suggests it. So I think it's uh, overpower. Okay, even though either one would work. And the reason this is important, and it goes with the rest of the book as well, is because Jesus conquered death at the grave. Okay, because he rose again. Right? He conquered death at the grave. You see this in several places. Okay, one of the uh, more famous ones is in John 11. Okay, this is Lazarus. This is before he raises Lazarus from the dead. Obviously, when he raises Lazarus from the dead, he's proving that he's the conqueror and he's already won the war, right? But John 11, 25 and 26, before he raises, he's talking to Lazarus' sister. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives, believes in me, will never, uh, will never die forever. Do you believe it? So he's talking to his sister. He says, I am the resurrection and life. Okay, he goes on. Uh, they're all like, yeah. She's like, yeah, I believe you. And they're like, kind of like, well, if you were here, he wouldn't have died because you're, you're so powerful. He wouldn't have died if you were here. And then, you know, he goes on. He weeps. Jesus wept. Um, that, that short verse that everybody loves. And then he goes to the grave and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And what happens? The mummy passage, right? The Lazarus comes forth, right? Um, and so that is a powerful, powerful example that Jesus has conquered. But the ultimate one is what we're going to talk today in, uh, JB's going to talk about, is in John chapter 20, verse 16. Jesus said to her, this is, uh, so, context. This is the, you know, disciples and everybody, they come and see the grave is empty, right? And so now Mary is like, somebody stole the body. Okay, which JB said it, and it is really interesting. All the, all the religious leaders, the Jewish leaders are like, better lock up the grave. He said he's going to rise again. And all the disciples and Mary, they're all like, he's dead. Like, they didn't remember. Um, and it's just interesting. It's just interesting. But anyway, so she thinks she's talking to a gardener here. Okay, and she said, and Jesus says to her, she like make this whole chain, and then Jesus says, Mary. Okay, and he's revealing himself to her. He says, Mary, and she turned and she saw him and said in Arabic, a rabbi or teacher. Okay, so she re- recognizes at this point that he's risen from the grave. So he is the conqueror, he's the victor, he's already won the war. Okay, and I think this is really powerful because these first five verses, John comes out and he says, Hey, from the beginning of time was this word. Okay, this word is going to be the seed, okay? It's going to be the seed of woman, the seed of Abraham. It's going to be the blessing of all nations. In the beginning was this Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being. He was the creator of all things. All things came into being, okay, through Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that is coming into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overpower it. Nothing will overpower Christ because He's already won the war, guys. And that's something that is uh, really important for us to remember in our daily life. Right? When we talk about Easter, Easter is such an exciting time. Why? Because He died? Or because He rose? Because He rose. Everybody dies. Okay? Dying is not that big of a deal. He couldn't pay for our sins unless He rose again. Right? Because that proved everything. Right? That proved He was God. That proved that that He was who He said He was. That proved that He can give us life. Okay, If He couldn't give Himself life, how could He give us life? right? But He could. He gave Himself life by resurrecting Himself from the dead to never die again. He's already won the war. Okay, So now all of Satan's schemes, all of his lies, all these things are for naught ultimately, right? 
because he's the conqueror of all things, because he is God. Okay, because he is God, and he was God from the very, very beginning of all time. He never, he has never not existed. Right? Is that right? Is that enough knots? He has never not existed. He's always been. He always will be. He is God. Jesus is God. Okay, and I think that's really important. So what have we seen? We've seen Jesus as the Word, God, eternal, the Creator, the life, the light, and the conqueror. Okay, and the conqueror. This is, why is this important for us? Well, uh, I, I, I skipped ahead on my thing, but first we got to know that Jesus, uh, who He is, to share the good news properly. Whoa. Okay, so let's think about this. If I'm going to share the gospel, and I don't believe that Jesus is God, the gospel doesn't work, right? Paul says, um, I think chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, if uh, Christ didn't rise from the dead, we're to be ashamed more than anybody else because we're just believing in stupidity because Paul actually thought through things. Okay, a lot of people don't think through things, so they'll say things like, well, Jesus is just a good man, but they don't think about the implications of that. Okay? we got to know who Jesus is. The more we know who He is, the better we can share the Gospel, the better we can understand the Gospel. If Jesus isn't God, the Gospel's void. If Jesus is not life, the Gospel is void, right? Because He's not life. If, he did, if He's not Creator of all things even, then the Gospel's void because he's not, he's not God. He's not Creator. He's not that who he, who he says He is. If He's a liar, right? Which He claims to be all these things. So if He's a liar, then the Gospel's void, right? Right? The Gospel doesn't work if He's a liar, if Jesus is a liar. Okay? And, but He's not. He is all of these things. So we have to take all these things and say, hey, this is the Gospel. This is who He is. Um, and I think that's really important. It should also give us comfort as believers to know that Jesus is God and He's Creator and He's life and He's light. Okay? Again, uh, as believers, Jesus being God is a, is a huge deal. Okay? It's a big deal for us. Okay, that should give us a lot of comfort because He's all-powerful. Okay, God is all-powerful, all-knowing. He's everywhere. Okay, and those things should give us comfort because that's the Jesus uh, that's with us. He's that vine uh, that can help us. Okay, so ultimately, okay, I think our application or the one that I was thinking on, it was just to dwell on who Jesus is. I think that's important. And I think it's important for Easter. Okay, because as we go in there and we think about the death and the resurrection, we celebrate that He rose from the grave. All these things go right along with that. Every single one of these things go right along with that. Right? Rose from the grave, so He is conqueror. He rose from the grave, making Him the light and the life. He rose from the grave because He is God. Okay, so all these things are really important. And we should dwell on these things and praise God for these things as well in our life. Thanks for joining us for True to the Bible podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this lesson. If you have any questions about this lesson or any of the other True to the Bible podcasts, don't hesitate to contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope that you join us for our next lesson.